Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, my name is Daniel Ross Osborne. Oh, Daniel Ross. Yeah. My name is Tim Garth. Well, you seem to be very formal lately, Tim, so I just thought I'd just <laughs> my full name this week. Daniel Ross, um, Timothy Shane. Timothy Shane. Uh, that's not my name. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. What's your middle name? Moving on. <laughs> Maybe I just, I'm not so proud of my middle name. Uh, no, you know what, Dan? I actually got a new nickname this week. Uh, what's that? Um, from now on, you can call me AFL. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were, we were playing, we play in a touch football team together and uh, Tim, obviously his touch footy jersey was still in the wash. So this week he wore a Bombers jersey to touch. And as we're all running on the field, the ref, you know, we're trying to get back on side. Tim was just too slow, couldn't get on side. Oh. And, and the ref yells out, uh, keep coming, AFL. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as I heard it, I, I turned to Tim and said, you know, Tim, Tim would be loving yeah. the fact that they called <laughs> You're him loving AFL. That, Tim. You're loving that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I've finally made it. I'm being I'm being called by AFL. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty funny. I had a good laugh. So that's what I'm known as now, Tim AFL Garth. Tim, to, uh... Tim AFL Garth. Speaking of AFL, I'd like to give a shout out to the Amateur Footy Hour. Ah, yes, okay. It, it's a podcast uh, by a friend of the podcast, uh, Chris Forster. Yep. And uh, I've forgotten the other guy's name. Sorry, mate. Um, Is his name like Guesty or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. Uh, but yeah, they have a a podcast on AFL. Do they only talk about amateur footy? Or no, they talk. Well, they started like a week before the grand final, so <laughs> like the first week or two, they speak about real AFL, and then yep. I think they speak about trades. But yep. after that, it's it's a lot of amateur footy. I th I think the amateur part of their name though is that they're amateur. Ah, uh, really selling it. Really yeah. selling the podcast. Yeah, no, they're no, good. They're good. Uh, Chris has got some real good banter and yeah. some excellent AFL knowledge. He works in the AFL. He works in the AFL, and he he knows his stuff. Amateur you know, footy hour. Yeah, so give that a listen, uh, especially when the season starts. Yeah, I'll be I'll be checking it out. We may even do a crossover with them. Yeah, that'd be I'd fun. I'd love to do some AFL banter with Chris. Yeah, you'd, you'd get into that. Well, you are Tim AFL Garth. I'm Tim AFL Garth. Yeah. I hope Chris knows that. Yeah, Tim Tim Collingwood Garth. All I have to do is I'm just out playing touch football. I'm not even playing AFL, and people call me AFL then. Yeah, well. Uh, all right, Tim. What is the Tim and Dan Tim. What have you been up to, apart from being called Tim AFL Garth? Yeah, bit of bit of the touch touch footy. Um, no, actually, my Tim and Danlo this week is I was watching a show, The Walking Dead, to be exact. Oh, I need to get back into The Walking Dead. I know, I'm still on that train. Yeah, I'm still riding that train. Are, are you up with to a date? big smile on my face? Are you up to date with it? I'm in season eight. Episode 11 was the last one I just watched. Okay. But um, so Jade, my wife and I yeah. have always watched that show together. Yeah. And here's where I face that little conundrum. Is that Jade... Got to the point where Jade doesn't like the show anymore. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to keep watching. Yeah. We hit the mid-season finale yeah. of season eight. And um, I just knew in my mind's eye that I was going to watch that without her. Like, yeah. As, yeah. as soon as that finished, she was like, this show sucks now. Yeah. And I'm like, no. Nah, kind of like it i still like that show yeah so she was at a hen's party over the weekend Dan. <laughs> and you went to town on that bad boy i assume yeah i took the liberty of watching some walking dead i watched I, a couple of episodes without her is season eight the most recent season or are they on nine no i think nine is out or coming out okay so i think i might be at the end of seven yeah i'm not that far behind i'm like i was like one season behind i, I haven't watched the new season mm. um a lot happened in my most recent one. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's still good. I still like it. It's turned into more of a drama because you're not scared of the zombies anymore. Yeah, essentially so. the bad people became yeah. people. Like Jade, I was... Because I, I didn't really want to tell her that I was going to watch... This, that I was watching the show without her. So I was no. just going to wait until she eventually wanted to watch it. And you'd be like, oh, I've watched... I was like, oh, cool. Let's watch it again. And just yeah. act, act like I'd never seen it. <laughs> 
yeah. I, I lasted literally four days, Dan, until I was like, Jane, um, I watched The Walking Dead without you. <laughs> she, she was initially upset. But she doesn't want to watch it. I know. She, that's it, not on you. Her reaction in five seconds, she, she was over it. So Yeah, that's good. Um, no, it's all right. I will rewatch it with you, but I know she's never going to want to watch it. Yeah. Um, cool. But yeah, she termed it the uh, home and away or neighbors of the zombie world. <laughs> that's what she thinks of it now. Not true. That's not true. Let's it's give not. a shout out to The Walking Dead. I love The Walking Dead. I love The Walking the Dead best. too. I think it's really good. Carl. Yeah. Carl. 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 <laughs> uh, um, all right. That's what about good. you? Uh, me. What did I do? Uh, my partner cat was sick over the weekend. She had a, still has a chest infection. See, for the listeners out there, Dan's the sort of guy that when Cat's sick, to Dan's credit, he cancels all his plans and uh, enjoys that sickness with her. That's right. Uh, what a good guy. We sat and we watched a season and a half of Scrubs. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> it was brilliant. We, we had a good time. We had a good time. You've probably seen that season like four or five times already, haven't you? Yes, but not in a while. It's been a while since I've seen... This is like the first season. I never really, really watched the season. But yeah, no, we, we had a good time. We watched some Scrubs. Cat uh, got a little bit better. Um, then she got worse again. So we're just playing through that. But I hope she gets better soon because we're going to Japan. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh well. She'll be fine. I hope she gets better soon so you can stop cancelling your plans with everyone else. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> is what it is, Tim. All right, I'm supportive. <laughs> Apparently you're not. You, you don't even watch Walking Dead with your wife anymore. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. People cheering for me, Tim. <laughs> cheering for me. Uh, all right. So that's that's the Tim and Dan though. Do you have a business update? Tim, oh, this business week? update. Well, we were we were thinking. Bless Excuse you, me. Dan. Yeah. Uh, our entire episode's almost a business update. Yeah. So today's topic is the Royal Commission. Yes. It was probably going to be a business update and we just thought, hey... Let's make it a full episode. Yeah, who cares? Like, we don't have anything else to, on the top of our heads to talk about, so let's talk mm. about that thing. Yeah. Because we got talking about it this morning, Dan. We did. And it was actually quite a dividing issue for us. Yeah, we, we actually fell on... I, kind of, but we, essentially... We, we can see each other's point. We can see each other's point. We, we, ha we both have the same end goal, mm -hmm. the benefit of the end person. Yeah. Um, but we fell on different sides on a couple of issues. So it'll be it'll be a lively debate. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, so really no business update this week. Um, oh, no. Well, one just from last week for the CPA, for the accountants listening out there. Yep. Uh, Alex Malley, former um, board of the CPA, well, chief executive and other directors who served <laughs> under him. He's They've the... all been stripped of their life membership of the CPA. Really? Yeah, he's the naked CEO, isn't he? The naked him? CEO, yeah. yeah. So a lot of people might not know his relationship with the CPA, which Dan and I are both CPAs. We are both CPAs. Um, his relationship with the CPA ended kind of well. acrimoniously. Is that a word? Yeah, it wasn't. It, it ended poorly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it ended. Uh, and in some in some basically, some I think he was terminated. Yes. And. But because of that, they paid out his contract, which was something in the tune of like $5 million. Yeah, which, listen, I'm not happy for my fees to go to that. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But it needs some sort of like high-flying, well-known CEO of the CPA. We need the CPA to stand up and give us awesome gym memberships and stuff. <laughs> exactly. We need some like health benefits. We or... need them to be the benefit of their members, not the benefit of their... Brand. brand like we're paying their for their branding exactly which is, i mean it is good for us because then we're, we're associated with that yeah but mm, so anyway i was kind of actually happy to see nothing against you alex Malley. i'm sure you're a great guy and you've achieved a lot yeah we'd love you on the podcast oh yeah how cool would that be the naked ceo but yeah. you should pay your membership dues just like the rest of us i agree <laughs> i 100 agree or or just quit you don't have to yeah. be a cba if you don't want to yeah it's perfect fine. i agree with tim wholeheartedly that's a good one tim uh, I, I guess another quick business update, actually, uh, if you're in Australia and you're registered for GST, your BASs are due on the 28th of this month. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And if you're monthly IAS, your January IAS, due on even the, though it's after December, is yeah. due before your December BAS. Exactly. 
Yeah, and what Dan's yeah, everyone gets that twenty eighth um, lodgement for this quarter. For the quarterly baz. That's right. Yeah. So a- a- everyone this month, whether or not you lodge through a tax agent or by yourself, twenty eighth of February for your December baz. Cool. Good one, Dan. I cool. like it. All right, uh, Tim. Do you have a tight ass tip, or we're going to go straight to the main topic? All right, go for it. Tight ass tip. Um, so today, I wanted to say, uh, when you're paying for something, know the amount. No, the amount. <laughs> Who doesn't know the amount? That's when something they pay that you something? can, like Dad said, write this in your wallet. Yeah, and no one will really understand what you what you're getting out there. Mm. Know the amount, Dan. Know the amount. If you're gonna go up and buy some drinks, for example, know how much they cost. Know how much they cost, because then you're gonna very quickly establish if they're charging you too much, and of course you're gonna speak up at that point. Mm-hmm. Or if they're undercharging you, at which point you're going to just like... Keep quiet th- and just walk away. enjoy it thoroughly. Yeah. And, <laughs> because everything and tastes better when it's free. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this happened to me, Dan. Yeah. And I didn't know the amount. I was at the Shelly Beach Surf Club. Ooh. If you want to see uh, Tim from Two Drunk Accountants enjoying a nice little beverage. Frequent the Shelly Beach yeah, Surf Club. Yeah, just go to the Shelly Beach Surf Club. You'll probably yeah. see me there. Yep. On a weekend at some stage. Yep. So I got a beer and a drink for Jade. And uh, I don't know, I just wasn't concentrating at all. I, added, I did add the amount up in my head. It was 11 yeah. bucks. Yeah, that's what I should have paid. Mm-hmm. Came to 16.50. Oh, no. And I just tapped away and I was just like, that's thanks, a big mate. difference. And then the next time I went back, he was like, that'll be $11 for the second round. I was like, and then it hit me. Yeah. Oh, no. Did you say anything? Well, I wanted to check my bank account first because I couldn't yeah, remember. Yeah, right. There's no bloody internet down at the Shelly Beach there Surf isn't. Club. That's how they get you. So when I went home, I checked and yes, sure enough, I was yeah. overcharged by $5.50. It's too late by then. Which is mate. when I came up with this tight ass tip. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late by then. But yeah, no, I, I definitely know the amount every time I go up to the counter. Yeah. Um, you know, I, even when I'm at a restaurant, I, I've done a quick prelim of you the You have to check the, the bill. Yeah. And it's not because they're trying to rip you off. This guy was not trying to rip me off. Nah, it, accidents. It's just a mistake. Accidents Mistakes happen. happen. You hit the wrong size beer or the wrong something well obviously someone had put a beer in on the thing already or he accidentally double tapped yeah or something exactly good tip tim (sighs) know the amount otherwise you're just gonna rue that and you know no i didn't tell jade about the extra five dollars fifty that i was charged no she totally would have been unhappy about that yeah or the walking dead she would have thought i was an absolute idiot yeah not only an idiot but someone that's hiding viewings from her in my mind i was like swings and roundabouts i know a few that i've won yeah but uh I am considering calling them. Have you seen, have you seen that episode of uh, Seinfeld where uh, Jerry's even Stevens and everything just comes out even for him? No. So he, he'll lose 20 bucks, but then the next day he'll find 20 bucks. Oh, I love that. That's so, awesome. Uh, he just says everything works out even Stevens. Like he loses a gig and then someone calls him and they give him a gig somewhere else. That's so good. So uh, Elaine grabs 20 bucks and throws it out the window. And then the next day he puts on a sports jacket and there's 20 bucks in the pocket. 20 bucks. That's so good. That's Uh, so good. George walks up afterwards. He's found 20 bucks in the street. (laughs) He's found 20 bucks. (laughs) How good is that? Uh, How good is that? Love it. Oh, Seinfeld. Yeah. (laughs) It's worth a lot. All right. Nice one. Uh, we should probably move on to our main topic. Main topic. All right. The Royal Commission, Dan. If you don't know what the Royal Commission is, um, then basically it's been a very heavily based media. Definitely. Uh, well, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> now we can talk about, the main, can talk about the main topic. I was waiting for a pause. Uh, but Sorry, Dan. Yeah, it's, it's a heavily, uh, heavily, heavy in the media for the past six months. Yeah, it's, it's been a huge media topic, political topic, mm. um, business topic. I wouldn't say it's been much of a business topic until the findings were released. Yeah, week. because that's when we know what changes are actually going to be made, mm. um, which is interesting. And th- th- It did affect people going for finance. Definitely because did. Because the, bank, uh, the banks really dried up their lending practices. They did. Mm. They did. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting that the report. The reason we we're talking about it today is because the final report. Um, you know, there'd been interim reports, but the final report was issued uh, in the past week, and yeah, he, he's had you know a bunch of recommendations. We're not going to go through every one of them here, hmm. but uh, we're just going to go through a few of them, have a chat about what that means, and um, yeah, we'll, maybe we'll, we'll start a bit of, bit of a discussion about. Um, 
and about I've, all this. Yeah, like I've got an executive summary here, Dan, which yeah. has some nice words yep. that people can really understand what they were trying to do with this Royal Commission. Go for it. So too often the answer seems to be greed. The pursuit of short-term profit at the expense of basic standards of honesty. How else is charging continuous advice fees to the dead to be explained? Yeah, I think that might have come from the interim report. Actually. Yes, I that was the interim this. report. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the other thing I might quickly mention is because we do have some overseas listen- listeners. Yes. Um, a, a royal commission is essentially a, a government-backed uh, investigation into a topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our other commi- our royal commissions we've had lately... Um, include uh, the Royal Commission into um, uh, abuse of people, yeah, um, sexual I think abuse in institutions, I think it was yeah, called, or something the like that. Yeah, in churches. I think there was, or uh, well, there might be one soon into elderly care. Yeah. There might be one ongoing right now into and, elderly care. And there's a few different levels of, 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 um, of these investigations, but essentially mm-hmm. the Royal Commission is, is kind of the biggest one. Yeah. Um, and it comes with certain powers of investigation. You know, you can subpoena people and all, all sorts of stuff. But it's independent of political bias. Exactly. It's um, a very highly qualified um, lawyer or judge mm-hmm. sifting through. And in this case, they had interviews and case studies and yeah. public testimonials. Um, they went into the banks and checked all of their information and mm-hmm. track records of what they've been doing. Uh, to basically come to a conclusion or a finding uh, as to what's been happening and what should be done in the future to fix that. Yeah, which is to what make happened. It better. Which what happened this week? The, the final report was issued with those recommendations to h- how can we improve the system that we're currently using. And what was leading up to this royal commission were um, lots of things that were getting public outcry, but not quite um, delivering change. So, for example, insurance claims mm-hmm. um, that big banks, they were charging people for insurance. Then someone got sick or was able to claim on that insurance. Yep. The bank would deny them for some reason. Yeah. They would find a reason. Yeah. Or, um, or that, that, the one that really was the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm. So when they found out that uh, one of the big banks had a financial planning arm mm-hmm. that was charging customers for financial planning advice, after they were dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of little, like there's a lot of things like this that all kind of added together to say, you know what, there needs to be an investigation into this and, uh, and that's what happened. Yeah. So, in, in here, a good way to sum it up, banks and all financial services recognized that they sold products. Selling became their focus of attention. Too often, it became the sole focus of attention. Yeah. So... Uh, We'll go through a few of these things at the moment, um, but essentially there are a few key findings and, and a few things to come out of this. Um, yep. Yeah, I've got a few different pages up in front of me here, yeah. but, but reading just from the top, um, fee for no service was a big one that came out of this. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's just a given yeah. <laughs> to me. Yeah. But it shows now that if there is found to be um, a body doing that, charging people mm. for no service, yeah. then um, they're going to get in a lot of hot water. Yeah, so essentially it was just, you know, the Royal Commission heard um, many cases from people being charged for services that they never actually received, uh, fees being charged to people after they died, as Tim said. Um, it, you know, the, the report estimated the scandal would cost wealth managers and major banks $850 million in compensation. $850 million in compensation, which is Damn. insane. Um, that is a lot. Yeah. and but it, So essentially what they've done is they've just said, um, the, uh, the report has come out and said, all right, here's all the cases of this that we found. And we recommend that these, they didn't name the banks, but essentially it's all the main banks, <laughs> um, where we recommend that they get criminal and civil charges. <laughs> laid against them yeah. um, and they should be fined and charged and taken to court over these uh, criminal issues. Like that, that's, wow. that's pretty crazy. It's basically theft. Yeah, it's theft. It really is though. If you're charging, you're a trusted institution. Mm. You hold all of the power yeah. in that transaction and you have all of the information. Yeah. They know they're dead. Yeah. Um, well, not just that. It's just charging them for you know, advice fees for advice they never got. Exactly even, right. even when you're not dead. 
Exactly right. Yeah. Um, so and I think a lot of this was built into like, you know, you, you paid a monthly advice fee that just automatically came out of your account mm. every time. Um, but and you never got that advice. If you're listening from overseas, you may or may not know this. The biggest businesses in Australia are the banks. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And they, every year, um, release record profit announcements. Astronomical profits. Like billions of dollars. Yeah. Billions of dollars. They they also pay the most tax in Australia. <laughs> yeah, they do. And we, we said that a few weeks ago. Yeah. You know, they, they definitely pay the most tax. And, and they're, they're some of the strongest banks in the world. They are, which is, it underpins our economy, which is yeah. a great thing. Yeah. But the balance may have slipped too far in their favor. Exactly. So this is a bit of a correction. Here. A bit of a correction. So um, something that didn't come out of this, which was expected, and you know, I've read an article in the ABC that was, you know, the banks win from this, and there was um, mention of how a lot of their stocks actually skyrocketed at this announcement. That is, it's just ludicrous, yeah. isn't it? Um, but essentially, what was thought to be recommended but wasn't was that the banks um, and wealth managers should have been banned from owning advice businesses that mm. advise on their own products. Yeah. So that would mean, you know, um, Commonwealth Bank has a financial planning, a arm. financial planning arm that recommends Commonwealth Bank products. Yeah. Yep. Um, which seems pretty obvious to me. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're going to a financial planner, you want to get the best advice, not just the best advice that comes from Commonwealth Bank. Yeah, exactly. Um, Here's the best thing we can offer you. Exactly. So, but... <laughs> But yeah, the, the recommendation didn't recommend that. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'd yeah. love to know why. Yeah, I would too. Especially considering that was the thing that really triggered the Royal Commission. Yeah, definitely was. Definitely was. And this is where I have a bit of a differing of opinion, Dan, with you about who's been punished from this report. But we will get to that later. We'll get to that later. I, I, I don't think we differ on who, on targeting who should be... Um, getting in trouble here uh, i differ with you on the result of the one <laughs> group that really is being targeted pretty badly yeah um anyway we'll get to that um so the next category that um that was kind of targeted here was superannuation mm -hmm. um yeah that Sorry may have been that, an folks. ad on my <laughs> on the page i was looking at <laughs> Yeah, so superannuation. Um, essentially, ASIC will become the primary conduct regulator overseeing superannuation, which I kind of thought it should have been anyway. Yeah. But I suppose they're mainly company. Anyway, um, it and APRA will receive extra power to create civil penalties for breaches and laws governing the superannuation trustees and directors. Um, recommended uh, deductions for any advice fees should be prohibited from a My Super account. So if you have a default super account mm, for somebody, yeah. um, they can't charge you an advice fee. Yeah, so that is a good change. And yeah. that's something that um, ever since I was younger, uh, my parents being in the accounting world, mm. um, they were always um, so dubious that young people would just be sent to these default super fund yeah. um, accounts. Mm -hmm. and they're not getting paid much. No. And automatically, they were signed up to life insurance premiums. And they're 18 years old. Yeah, well, n not even just that. Like, when I was, when I was like, young, I, I worked at Greater Union. I've done work for other things, you know, leading up to that point. And, you know, at, at, um, at bars and things, and they'd pay my super. And that super account would charge me advice fees because I was just in a default fund. And surely, mm. the advice for that default fund was not worth like essentially it just brings my balance to nil yeah and, so and that's the issue they're just rotting yeah. your super yeah, um, exactly. and th that's where it really starts yeah those hundreds of dollars of super ends up being thousands and tens of thousands mm. at the end of your life so it seems like not much now and that's why a lot of people yeah mm. didn't bother switching that off exactly but now by default that shouldn't happen yep uh, and they've also recommended that the superannuation fund members only have one default account which That's cool. Seems seems fine. Um, I think I read somewhere that they want to actually like staple, is the word, mm. people to that default account, so okay. that it's almost like a searchable thing. Ah, which is kind of cool. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense because for employers, um, small business people out there, 
if you have an if you have an employee that doesn't really know where to put their super, mm. then you're meant to choose one for them. Yep. And that's just a painful task. Yep. So what could end up happening is you wait several months for them to give you details for where to pay their super and you mm. get in trouble for not paying their super. <laughs> yeah. So it would be nice if there was just some default option that was publicly available. You put in there tax phone number in your payroll system and then it, it, pops, it pops through with yeah. the uh, super details. Easy. How good. Makes the system easier. Yeah. Which is better. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all the recommendations. Basically, a quick summary on the super ones and you know, mm. the main ones there. Not huge changes. Not huge changes. Um, there's another heading here, farms and small businesses. Yeah, yep, yep. So as this article says, you know, farmers had long complained about treatment that they receive um, from the banks. You know, they go through a drought, um, a hard season, and obviously, you know, during the year they put in a lot of money to grow their crops and they don't see any of that back until the crops are ready to harvest. Well, if that harvest is less than what was meant to be because of a natural disaster or something, uh, suddenly you've got all these debts to pay and no income and you're in mortgage distress. Yeah, so... um and especially in Australia. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. We're in drought pretty much permanently. Permanently. Um, <laughs> so what's happened is there's been a lot of complaints with the way that the banks have been treating these farmers. Essentially, mm, yeah, as soon was... as their mortgage become in distress, they foreclose them. Like that's, in, the, in the last few years, that's been one of the major issues that I've seen popping up in social media. Yeah. Um, where farmers were being kicked off the land mm. and the bank was basically fire sailing um, their farmland and, and crops and, yeah. and agriculture. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. the government has agreed to create a national farm debt mediation scheme that would have borrowers to address financial difficulties that have caused loans to become distressed and making the banks um, ensuring that they mediate these problems as soon as the loans become distressed, not as a final management before they take mm. action. So as soon as it becomes a problem, they address it, they call, they make a plan, yeah. they solve the problem. Yeah. Not when they're one it, week away from late. foreclosing on their yeah, loan. Yeah, exactly. You know? um, which is good. That's great. There's another thing I'm reading here that says, um, Commissioner Haynes recommended that the value of a farm or agricultural holding be assessed by someone other than the bank that has the outstanding loan. Yeah, that makes so much more sense. You need <sighs> an independent third valuation. It's just a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, it's almost, um, it's pretty alarming to find that that's not the case. I didn't know that wasn't the case. So mm. that, that would mean, let's say you've got a $3 million loan on some massive property somewhere. Yeah. Um, and the bank just wants that money. Yeah. So they go, oh, it, the land's worth $2 million. We yeah. valued it that. We're going to close you, fire we'll close. sale it for $2 million. But yeah. it could be worth $4 million. You, yeah. you could have ended up with a million dollar in your pocket after they sell, sell yeah. it. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's crazy, that's, isn't it? That's insane. Yeah. So... Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and it looks like they're tr- going to try and get financial advisors with the special knowledge of the agricultural sector, like you were saying, Dan, yeah. to try and mediate before before it's too late. Yeah. But yeah, that's great. I, I think that's really important in Australia. Um, we've heard so many sad stories, and it's hard enough for farmers as it is mm. um, to make a living with uh, <laughs> the big shopping chains like, Coles and Woolies, yeah. <laughs> basically controlling the prices they prices, can charge. Yeah, exactly. Then drought conditions. And then you've got banks recording record profits. Mm. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Tough for the farmers. Yeah. Uh, so the next thing along would be uh, compensation for consumers. Yeah, so dodgy practices. Yeah, so this says um, the government's going to establish a compensation scheme as a last resort to allow consumers and small businesses who have been failed by financial firms to have mm. their cases heard. Yeah. So this would mean, as a last resort, if you can't come to an agreement with your bank or whoever, yeah. you can go to this third party, this scheme, mm-hmm. where they arbitrate it, I guess, or they come to a solution. So I'm envisaging this is very highly relevant for those insurance cases we were talking about before, mm. Dan. Yeah. Um, I read that... Um, one of the cases heard mm. in the Royal Commission mm. was about a young woman who um, had insurance and it must have been income protection or trauma. Yeah. Um, she was diagnosed with cancer. 
Mm. So under trauma insurance or income protection, generally you get some sort of payout when yep. that happens. When you yeah, when you're probably going to be terminal. Yeah, or well, especially especially yeah. if it's terminal. Yeah. But trauma is just even getting cancer. Even getting cancer. So yeah. that you can pay for your treatments. Yeah. Take time off work and recover. Yep. Um, so that's a really great thing having that mm-hmm. insurance. Now, what happened was um, she was actually um, declined. Yep. Because she was found to have had a history of depression mm. that wasn't declared on the initial fact find. Okay. Now, when you're going for these insurances, they ask you every question under the sun. So a little yeah. bit silly of her not to say... I've had depression. I've had depression. Yeah. Um, but that's not in any way connected to her getting cancer, Dan, is no, it? not at all. So that was one of the big changes um, that's going to come out, out of the insurance. I don't know how they could have proved that. Like, but I'm sure, exactly right. Um, but mm. I'm sure, so what, what the rule was, mm. was if they were found to have not declared everything on the fact uh, find, right. they can get knocked back from insurance. But the finding in this was that if they were misleading key facts, mm. then, or being misleading about their history, so not that they accidentally left something off that yeah. may have been prudential, mm. um, but if they just didn't realize that that was important, mm. Um, and it somehow affects what the claim is, mm. then they can knock them back. The yeah. Insurance. Well, it would, it would make sense that say she didn't fill out the form that she'd had depression. And then later on, she has a serious mental health issue yeah. that results in not being able to work and under- a claim. I can understand that. Yeah. I can understand that. It's not fair still, but I can understand can, that. There's a connection there. There's a connection there. Yeah. But, um, um, to decline her for a cancer payout mm. based on the fact she, that she had some depression. Yeah. That's ridiculous. So I can imagine that she is going to get some compensation from this. Yeah. I think they um, said something like 300 million was earmarked for compensation already. Yeah, that's a lot. Which is coming from the, the taxpayer? Yeah, I guess. It's hectic, eh? Um, so that's, that's yeah, so the, they'll have hey, this... Um, hey, here we go. The federal, sorry, 30 million to 300 individuals and okay, small businesses yep. who've been found... Owing from previous cases. Right, okay. But the, that is the federal government that's going to pay that. Yeah. So this, but this other scheme that we're talking about as well, um, to compensate people as a last resort, uh, is going to be paid by the industry. It's essentially going to be a part of their license fee that they have to mm. contribute to this fund. Yes, okay. Yeah. Cool. So that's good. Great. That's a, so future compensation for bad behavior is going to come out of their pockets, yeah, not the taxpayer. Yeah. That's good. Uh, that's what you want. That's what well. you want. Mm. Uh so the other part is the financial industry regulators. So there's been a lot of slack, especially on ASIC, um, during all this with not enforcing the rules well enough. You know, yeah. there's, there's been stories of, you know, one of the big four banks coming out and telling ASIC three years after something happened, hey, we probably missed this, our bad. And ASIC goes, oh, no good guys, don't do it again. And then it just happens again. Yeah. Um, so essentially what they're saying is the recommendation was, no, we're going to keep the same model we've got. They call mm-hmm. it the Twin Peaks. There's the ASIC and there's a- uh, APRA, yep. which is the, the two financial regulators we have in this country. Yeah. Uh, they're still going to be there. They're still going to have the same responsibility, a little bit more power. But all the recommendation was, was they're being urged to actually use their power. Mm. They need to take these big organizations to court yeah. and file criminal action when they break the rules. There's no settlements out of court that happen three years later yeah. that no one hears about. They need to be held accountable. They need to be held accountable and they need to do In a very public properly. way. Correct. <laughs> I guess that means they may receive some more funding. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Potentially. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Something I mean, and, and something else that sort of relates to that, Dan, is that the federal government has announced it will expand the role of the federal court. Um, so that is the highest court yeah. in Australia. Yep. Um, in Australia, there's many different levels, of course. There's a local court, state court, high court, federal court. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, even within that, there's different levels. Like there's the family court and True. then there's the, you know, there's all these different courts. Federal court's pretty high up. Yeah. Um, and uh, currently it only sees civil cases, but they are going to start hearing white collar criminal cases. Yeah, good. I think there was also talk of, you know, if it's going to be reviewed in a few years' time, that if ASIC don't start, you know, um, prosecuting people, yeah. that ASIC will then be stripped of its prosecution ability, will only be an investigation arm, wow. and all of the prosecution will be given to a third party like the federal court. 
Wow. To do the prosecution for them. Interesting. Because they're unable to do it themselves. Wow, there you go. Which, which brings us to the next bit about you know, oversight of the regulators. So there's going to be an independently chaired regulator um, that's going to oversee these two Twin Peaks mm. um, to ensure that they do do what they're meant to be doing. Yeah. So regulator on the regulator. You just said do-do. Do-do. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, that's a good one. Uh, what, ha- what do you do when one regulator isn't, isn't doing their job? You regulate them. You regulate them. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Oh, it's such a bloody government red tape way of fixing things. So this, I think, brings us to where we're yeah differing this, in opinion. This was the main thing that Dan and I really wanted to talk about on air. Yeah. Um, because we we're, were chatting about it this morning and we did feel differently. Yeah. So I don't know if everybody out there knows how mortgage brokers work, especially in, in this country. Yeah. Uh, essentially, what happens is you go to a mortgage broker mm-hmm. and you say, hey, I'm looking to buy a house. Um, they ask all your income, your savings, where much you deposit, that kind of thing. And what they're meant to do is they look around at all the different options for you. They pick which one works best for you, where you can get the money, what works best for your income. Uh, and then they recommend you a product and then they organize it for you. Yeah, so they do a lot of work for you. Yeah. And they're meant to find you the best deal or yeah. the best fit loan for you. Yeah. Because everyone has different circumstances. Exactly. Some people want offsets. Yeah. Some people want the initial cashback offer or free flights to Bali. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some people want a fixed interest term. Some people want variable interest. Some people want to stay with a specific bank. Yeah. Some people want to lend way too much money and the mortgage broker can tell them that, no, that's, you know, <laughs> this is how much you're allowed to borrow. That's true. That's true. Um, so, but yeah, so there's a lot of things that, and mortgage brokers are great. They're, they're a good in between between you and the financial services because you're going to go visit a bank and they're just going to tell you about their products. You see a mortgage broker, they're going to tell you about many products theoretically. So we can delve more into that in our sort of debate, which is coming up here, Dan, but yes. um, essentially what's changed from the Royal Commission was a finding that mortgage brokers should charge a fee to the customer who they're dealing with to try and get them a loan. Yeah. Traditionally, and the way it's working right now, is the bank actually pays the mortgage broker a commission mm. for the loan that they that they write up for that customer. So the yeah. customer pays nothing. A trailing and commission. I've been through this. So there's an upfront and a trail. Yeah. So I've been through this myself. I used a mortgage broker when I bought a house and it, it, was, it was very helpful um, to have someone there and they got paid an amount. It didn't cost me anything. No. It cost the bank. I'm sure they build that into their fees and interest yeah, rates. I was about to say that, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's nice, I guess, at that time hmm. to not have to pay anything as the customer. You're already paying so many things when you're buying a house yeah. or, or getting a loan. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of fees involved. There are a lot of fees involved. So that's the way it's working now. And and the Royal Commission has suggested that brokers charge customers. Now, you might think, well, why is that such a big deal? Actually, that is a huge deal because that is fundamentally shifting the way that mortgage broking businesses work. Mm. And almost overnight, you can see mortgage broking businesses um, just shade in value because... They've got this trail, they've got the commissions, and that's the way they work. Yeah. And because of this announcement, um, you can tell that there's been a real dampener put on the industry. Yeah. So uh, essentially, Tim is, is right. Um, this, this is the way that mortgage brokers have worked forever. Yep. Um, this is how they get their income. This is you know, you feel good because you can go see a mortgage broker and you don't have to pay anything out of pocket and you get, you know, theoretically you should be getting the best deal possible for you. Correct. Here's where the issue is. And this is where the Royal Commission found its finding. And here's where Tim and I differ a bit. Yeah. Um, Essentially, that's a conflict, a huge conflict of interest between the mortgage (laughs) broker and what they're meant to be doing, which is working in your best interest because they're just going to recommend, humans are humans, they want more money. They're just going to recommend the place that gives them the best commission. The product that gives them the best payout. Correct. Which Mm. isn't necessarily the best product for you in your situation. Yes. So you go see a mortgage broker and you say, yep, these are my staff and they go, brilliant, I'm going to work out the best one for you. The best one for you is this one. 
and okay, why? They'll tell you all the reasons, uh, but it's probably not the best one for you. It's probably the best one that they're getting that kind of works for you. Um, so it's not working in your interest, it's working in theirs. And that's where I have a big issue because, yep. and not only that, that they often get paid a percentage based on the value of the commission that they brought, right? Based on the value of the loan that they brought to this institution. Yes. So not only are they being paid completely different amounts for the same amount of work, but they're not giving you the best product that you should have had in the first place. Okay, Dan. Well, and this is where I differ from Dan. Yeah. I know a lot of really good mortgage brokers. Yeah. And um, there are actually people that want to help find you the best fit loan. I have no, we and know make, some. I and, have no doubt that that's the case. And make the process easier. Hmm. Now, here's my issue, Dan. Dealing with the banks is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> they're pieces of shit. Yes. Because they're so big, they're such a big behemoth, they don't care about any individual loan. No, they don't. Like, well, I, got a five, I got a half a million dollar loan I want to mm. take out with you, bank. Mm. Like, they will basically laugh in your face. Mm. They're like, get in the queue because we've got a thousand other people that want a loan like that. Correct. So the broker is the middleman that actually has a contact person. Yep. And they can deal with the slack. Yeah. Um, they can teach you about loans. They can, they can like Dan said, Tell you if you are aiming too high, if you need to put your price range a bit lower or mm. your loan amount a bit lower because yeah. it's not going to fit your individual circumstances. Yeah. Um, so I actually think a mortgage broker is a really essential thing for the economy. Yeah. I would hate to send a I client of mine. So far. I I would hate to send a client of mine to get a loan. Mm. And they, um, you're just going to have to go into your local branch mm. and hope for the fucking best that yeah. they actually take you seriously yeah. and get back to you within a few weeks. Yeah, so, so Tim and I agree completely on this, <laughs> on this point. The, the, the fundamental value of a mortgage broker is undeniable, Yeah. right? Yeah. We'd completely differ on how they should be paid. I think that this sounds like a service worth paying for. So you should have an upfront fee the cost of doing it if, it if it takes 20 hours to make a loan then that's what you pay yep. regardless of the loan value regardless of who they get the loan through you should end up with the best possible deal for you at a fixed fee yeah but um under this announcement what's going to happen dan in reality and mm. i understand your principle-based approach there yeah i like it yeah but the reality is going to be mm. brokers are going to charge a fee to the, the customer yep. and the banks are not going to change their, their fees mm. or their interest rates. So the banks are still going to get the same loans. They're going to make the same money. Yeah. They're just not even going to have to pay a commission anymore. So this is and where, they're the ones yeah. that brought this whole commission about. It wasn't mortgage brokers. I mean, sure, there was probably some bad mortgage brokers there. Mm -hmm. But the whole reason for this Royal Commission was not... Yeah. To change the mortgage broking industry, right? But they found that this is an issue. They, I think there was a statistic that came out that said that there was a higher percentage of mortgage failures that came through a mortgage broker than straight through to a bank. And that's not bad service by the good mortgage brokers. That's just recommending poor products because of their commissions. Hmm. So if you pay them or, a fixed rate, or falsifying upfront, documents, yeah. to make loans happen, exactly because they get a commission. Because from they that. get a commission, exactly. Hmm. So if you but that's just, still going to happen, if they're getting paid to do that, yeah, but by it, the customer, yeah, exactly. Even more so, actually, because imagine the weight of pressure if if you're invoicing a customer, hmm. if you don't get that loan approved, hmm. and you still send them a two thousand dollar bill. That's just the service that you pay. So I it's mean, almost like, if, I mean, at the moment, they don't get paid if they don't get the mm, loan approved. So mm, maybe they would be like, well, we're not going to charge you if the loan doesn't It's approve. no different. Yeah. No, no win, no fee. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's essentially it. That's, that's, that's how it... And, and as Tim said, in a perfect world, what would happen is that we... The, sorry, the bank would go, okay, well, we no longer have to pay this commission. Mm -hmm. We're going to reduce our fee at an equal level. So the total yeah. cost to the end user is the same. But what in reality, under my happen. system, you're just paying more. Yeah. Um, but so that just means we need to lobby the banks. Like the Royal Commission should have had a recommendation. That fee structure needs to change and the banks need to change their fee structure to compensate for that. Right. That should have been the, that should have been the 
recommendation. Good luck lobbying the banks. They, they're like, well, mate, that's they, the control, they control <laughs> half of politics. Yeah, it's true. But they're, they're, they're the ones yeah. funding the, the heart that one yeah. of our major political parties yeah. in Australia. I mean, so, w- would you see an accountant who gets paid based on the value of your sales? Like if your sale, if it's no more work, would you see an accountant who charges as a percentage of revenue? No. No. Would but, you see a financial planner who does the old school way of charging you based on a percentage, a percentage of, of the value of your assets. investment? No. Nah. So why would you pay a mortgage broker who's getting paid on a percentage of the value of your loan? Because I'm not paying them, Dan. But, but you are <laughs> in your mortgage. Potentially. Not potentially. Definitely. You are. Okay. But you would prefer a world where you're going to get that same loan and still have to pay the broker. Yep. Because in my scenario, we had a very complicated setup. We did a family pledge. Yep. So... Um, to cover a part of our deposit. So mm. we actually had money still <laughs> once we got the loan. Yep. And um, and I can only imagine the amount of hours spent on supporting us to get that loan done, what that would have cost. Yeah. Um, I know most, through speaking to brokers, most loan applications take about 30 hours. Yeah. And some, some of them do outsource now, but a lot of them do put in the work and the hours themselves, filling out forms, mm. dealing with the bank. So it actually saves the bank a lot of time. Yeah. Um, so they are working hmm. for that money. Yeah. Um, here's a solution you might like, and I did propose this earlier when we were talking about it. Yeah. I've also got another solution, so remind me of that. Okay. Um, the bank pays their commission as per normal. Yep. The broker tallies their hours mm-hmm. and agrees to an hourly rate with the customer. Yep. And says, this is what the fair cost of my service is to yep. find you your loan. Yep. Then the bank pays the commission still. Mm. The share of the cost that the broker incurred mm-hmm. goes to the broker. Yep. The rest of it goes to the customer. Yeah. Because what's happened, what I don't agree with is a customer that has a $300,000 loan application yeah. and the broker's going to get paid maybe a thousand bucks for that. Mm. And a customer that has a $3 million loan application, yeah. probably a lot Which easier takes, because they must have high income yeah. to achieve and, that. And let's say it takes the same amount of time or less and suddenly they're... <laughs> they get 10 times 10, yeah, the commission. 10 grand. So, um, Which is what I don't we're talking about that. before. So yeah. yeah, so in that circumstance, the clients should benefit from that. Yeah, they should get nine grand off their loan. Exactly right. Hmm. So then, then people can actually make informed decisions yeah. about which banks are going to yeah. pay them the highest commission. Yeah. I agree with that. I don't think brokers are going to do it, but I agree with that. It's the same <laughs> way you agree in principle with my idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what I, what I think is that theoretically, market pressure should adjust over time. So essentially, at the moment, the broker is going to be going with the bank providing them the best commission, right? Well, uh, right. not good ones will do that. No, but Because we can all get on the computer and research interest rates and find yeah. if there's a better interest rate. Out. A lot of them do, though. If you're not... Let, let's say If you're not products, independently researching yeah. loans while seeing a broker, yeah. then that's silly, isn't it? Yeah, there's, there's easy compare the market sort of things. If, if there's five loans that are okay fits for you, they're going to choose the one that gives them the best commission. I'm fine with that. If they're all the same... I didn't say exactly the same. I said they're all okay for you. But they might not be exactly right for you. None of them might be exactly right, but they're just going to choose the one with the most. So here's my thought. Mm-hmm. Instead of choosing the one that's best for them after that, they're going to start choosing the one that's best for the customer, the lowest interest because rate. Because they want to justify the, yeah. the value they're delivering. Yeah, the lowest interest rate, the lowest fees, the best mix for you. They could so, probably even say, hey, I saved you this much. Yeah, so theoretically then, my fee. the banks, instead of bringing mortgage brokers in by paying them a better commission, are going to drop their interest rates, give better deals to the customers because that's what the mortgage... 50% of all mortgages come through a mortgage broker. Mm. So 50% of all banks' loans are coming through a mortgage broker. So rather than providing a fee, the market is then going to say, well, no, mortgage brokers aren't looking for that commission anymore. Yeah. They're looking for the best deal. Let's give them that. Yeah. My so argument to you is... Market forces should bring this into an equal thing. My argument to you is that that is probably happening... A lot of the time right now hmm. where banks are trying to do better deals for customers. Yeah. You're right though. There would be some circumstances where they're just trying to do a better deal for the broker. Yeah. So, and that's crap. Hmm. But um, what my concern is, Dan, that we hmm. don't live in a perfect world. We definitely And don't. so if that happens and they do make these changes, 
for the next two years, people going for loans are going to have to go straight to banks yeah. or pay a pretty large fee to a, a broker yeah. because they're going to need to charge a large fee now. Yeah. They're not getting commissions anymore. Um, and that's going to be people such as yourself yeah. if you buy a house in the next few years. Yeah. So what does that make you feel? Well, short-term pain for long-term gain. Should long-term gain for others. Should, should we keep building cold power plants? Because at the moment, they're yeah, but better. That's not going to cost you anything, is it? No, no, but I'm just saying in the economy, is it better to just have short-term, continue having coal because it's good for the economy, or should we plan for a renewable future? My question to you was... Exactly. <laughs> my question to you was, what? would you be willing in the next, if you buy a house in the next few years, to pay three grand for a broker hmm. in a scenario where the banks haven't changed the loans at all for the same service that I got for free? Yes. Really? Correct. Oh, I'm going to hold you to that. If I go see a broker, I might not. I might not, I might not have gone you to a broker in the first place. You said you would be willing. No, if I was going to go see a broker. You definitely would have gone to a broker in the first place. I don't know place. if I would have. You 100% would have. I don't know if I would have. I'm a... If they could get a better deal than what I could get, yes. If, mm. they, if they are privy to special deals that are only through a broker, yes. Mm. I think there's a... I would definitely pay more for that. I would love to hear from someone who's in banking and a broker mm. on this opinion too. Mm. But anyway, that's probably enough I, I, I agree. broker We're, chat. Tim and I agree essentially on all facts, except Tim has a more realistic view of probably what's going to happen. <laughs> I have a more idealistic view of a what very, should happen. A very helpful industry is going to disappear overnight. And a lot of people are actually going to suffer. Um, and get less help and probably get worse loans and worse service if these findings are enacted. So it needs to be, I, I agree, disagree. something needs to change. Something, no, I, 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 I totally believe in what I'm saying. Hmm. I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, made, if they made these changes, Dan, you could end up with an inferior product or wasting so much time hmm. going to each of the banks and applying through each of their processes yeah. to then get knocked back. I, I definitely, I see the value in a mortgage broker. I see the struggles that will happen if these are enacted. I agree with everything that you've said, but I think it's a better option. Okay. Let's agree to disagree. All right. Let's uh, get the listeners to write in. Yeah. Tell us what your thoughts are. Yeah. It's a very dividing topic. Yeah. But essentially, we agree on the same thing. We want the best outcomes for the end user. Should we ask uh, Michael what he thinks? I think that's a good option. Let's, just, let's, 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 let's ask the average man on the street in a new segment uh, we like to call Average Man on the Street with uh, Michael Orford. Yeah. Just see what he says. Just calling now. Hey, bud. Hey, Mick. How you going? Yeah, what's going on? Uh, just letting you know that uh, you're part of our new segment called Average Man on the Street. Michael! Hey, mate. How are you? Is this a phone interview? This is a phone interview for the podcast. Uh, hey, mate. It's your, oh, best, it's your best friend, Tim, here, too, by the way. Hey, uh, Tim. How are you? <laughs> we're doing a new segment called Average Man on the Street. We've just had a lively debate about uh, the Royal Commission findings and specifically mortgage brokers. Uh, but just in general, are you aware of the Royal Commission into the banking Sector, do you have an opinion on it? Uh, to be honest, I've I've seen a I saw a meme on the Batuta Advocate about uh, yes. something that I laughed at but didn't understand properly. So, so no, I don't. I don't really know. <laughs> the meme that he's talking about, Dan, was saying um, local mortgage broker in hospital on in critical condition after Royal Commission throws him under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> That is true a bit. I, the thing that we agreed on, Tim, was that we feel that mortgage broking was unfairly targeted compared to the rest of the problems. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, essentially, uh, the point is that they're saying mortgage brokers should um, no longer take a commission from the bank for getting them a loan, but customers should pay it up front to remove conflict of interest. Because essentially, they might just give give you a loan from the bank that gives them the best commission rather than the best product. Uh, of course. Yep, that sounds a bit dodgy. But would you pay a broker? Would I pay them out of my own pocket? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess, you know, often it's, a, it's quite nice just knowing that they're taking commission from the bank and it doesn't mean it's coming out of your pocket, but if sure. there's a conflict of interest and it means that you'll end up paying more over the term of the loan, I guess not. I 
in a perfect world, I'd rather them take the commission off the lowest <laughs> lowest loan. But um, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, I, that's what I'd like. But, Tough one, because there yeah, are other brokers doing that, taking commission off the best fit loan for the customer. Yeah. Now my fear yeah. offered, this is what I've been debating with there. My fear is the mortgage broking industry is just going to disappear overnight. And then we all just have to deal with the It'll, banks and we know they suck. So Yeah, having the middleman is probably a nice thing, especially with, with banks. Um, it just feels weird. We've got this Royal Commission that's meant to keep the banks honest and, and they've just gotten rid of the broking. mortgage broking yeah. industry. <laughs> yeah. That, that is sus. You, can I ask how much, how much would, is there any estimates of how much a mortgage brochure, broker would charge if they're going to Charge you personally? I, well, I'd imagine it'd be a few thousand dollars. It well, they okay. apparently they spend thirty hours yeah. on a loan. So what? At a, even okay. if it was a hundred bucks an hour, which that's a pretty low rate. Yeah, it's th- three thousand bucks. Yeah. three thousand bucks. Yep, definitely. Especially being especially you know, buying a first house, you know, you've yeah. got a, you know stamp duty often in play, and you know mortgage insurance for a lot of people. So yeah, another three grand. It's it's it's, it's substantial. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Like well. It. We've, we've got some good uh, advice from the man off the street. I think it's a good street. new segment. We're going to call off it in for man on the street. Michael on the street. Yeah. Sounds good. I've got to go anyway, guys. I'm, I'm listening to a uh, to a podcast um, by Two Drunk Accounts at the moment, so I'm going to get back into that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really? Oh, that's fantastic. Episode four. It's um, just learning about how trust works. Yeah. You should have listened to that before you set up a trust. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I, you know, I had to, you guys do it all for me, so I'm, I'm actually now learning about what you've actually done for me. So I'm <laughs> yeah. oh, all right, bud. All right, well, thanks for, uh, thanks <laughs> for the chat. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for the call, mate. Bye. That was good. Ah, man on the street with Michael Orford. All right, well, uh, Tim, have you got another thing this week? Mine quickly oh. is uh, I finished the third book in the uh, Off to Be the Wizard uh, ah, ones. I think it's called work. An Unwelcome Quest. And tonight I begin the third book of Red Rising trilogy. Hmm. Well, I think you'll enjoy it. Maybe not as much as the first two. So, so they're my two books. That um, yeah, two two a book recommendation definitely. The third uh, the third one, Unwelcome Quest. Uh, I think it's better than the second. Well, that's a it's a pretty big call. Hmm. What's your other thing? My other thing is uh, to keep the outrage going. Mm-hmm. I want to demand a royal commission mm. into the activities of telcos. Yeah, actually, that one that one needs to happen because they they not only do they target vulnerable people, but they you know you know what I'm talking about. They, I've heard stories around the office, I think, but they also add just all sorts of crazy markups on things and and just weird fees they charge extra amounts that automatically get added onto your account when you go over rather than asking you if you want that exactly right all sorts of stuff happens so telecommunication companies telcos yes uh, examples vodafone telstra my um grandfather Hmm. who is in a nursing home just to be clear i'm on vodafone yeah that will get off it because they suck so what they're doing is calling elderly people in nursing homes, mm. selling them iPads on a 24-month contract and shipping it to them. Oof. And so... What is your grandpa going to do with parents, an iPad? He didn't even know what he was signing up for. Yeah. They're saying, oh, do this plan, you get a free iPad. And of course he's going to say yes, free yeah. iPad. Yeah. He doesn't even know what an iPad is. <laughs> he's late 80s. So... So my parents have to go and try and get a refund now and like quash that contract uh, just that he signed. One call to the ombudsman and that would disappear. So here's the, here's the worst thing, Dan. Yeah. They went to pick up the iPad and the post office that they went to said, we've had four come for the same elderly home. Oh, How bad is that? That is terrible. So it's just like this call center in India. Your folks, no offense to the no offense to the call center. No, no, it's, but it's this it's is Vodafone's from Vod- this is Vodafone's yeah. decision. Your to parents do this. need to go to the ombudsman. Like they need to report. That's that. what I told them. They need to make. They a need to report. Big that. complaint about this. Well, yeah. we're making it. We're making a complaint right now. Vodafone, clean up your act. Clean up your act. That is just downright disgusting. <laughs> That's what I think. That's what I think. <laughs> Uh, they thoroughly deserve that sad trumpet. Yep, that's what I definitely think. But um, yeah, that's an outrage, actually. Mm. Let's uh, let's start a Twitter storm about that. Oh, for sure. Disgusting. 
Um, Tim, do you have any other things? No, that's it. Cool. All right. Well, it's been uh, great talking. We got to chat with Orford in. Yeah. I think we got good. some good good ground covered on the Royal Commission. I'm keen to see what anyone's uh, feedback is from that. Yep. Whose side they lie. Hopefully, I convince them. Yep. Um, but uh, send us a tweet at Two Drunk Podcast, uh, Facebook, Two Drunk Accountants. Send us an email, Two Drunk Podcast at, at gmail.com. Good work, Tim. <laughs> um, we had a few shout outs during the week. Thank you to the, the people that wrote into us. We had uh, someone from America write to us, which was nice. So it's good to hear uh, the overseas listeners. Yeah, that's cool. If you could do us a favor, please go on Apple or wherever you listen to us and give us a rating and yeah. a review because it really helps people find us. So if we could get a blitz that this week, that if you've never gone on and given us a rating, or even if you have, go back on and just this week, under where you're listening to us, just give us a rating. Yeah, give us a, a rating. And a review if you're feeling happy. A like and a dislike. Would be great. Uh, I can be the like, Dan can be the dislike, if you like. <laughs> so. uh, funny, Tim. You're a real Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic way to end the show, Dan. Yeah, thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and uh, calculate up. <laughs>